people think, when they think of life, they think of like a, a starting point here and an ending point here. So it's like a line with two ends on it, or the beginning and an end, right? So if I was born in 1950, I consider that, oh, I'll probably die around 2030, right? That'd be like an average time a person lives, right? So they say, okay, well, you know, I, was, I started life in 1950, and, you know, the line's like this long, right? 1950's here, 2030's here, and now it's 2016. So the guy's thinking he's right here, right? It's almost over. It's almost finished. So um, at this point, uh, well, not at just this point, but throughout the whole time, we're thinking, oh no, death, death is closer. And we don't want to think about it. People don't want to think about it. You know how it's like taboo to like think about death or to talk about it? People just don't like want to talk about it even. It's just one of those things people just just want to bury under the rug and pretend it doesn't exist, you know. Uh, like, in, in most Western countries, they, they like, they, they even try to keep people in the illusion that it's not going to happen by, like, you ever notice, like, you ever see, like, uh, a place where maybe, like, a crime scene or, you know, someone died in their house of a heart attack, and then they wheel the body outside to the ambulance or whatever? They always put like a white sheet so people don't see, you know? Why? Why don't they want people to see? Because people get disturbed. It, like, it, if they see a dead body, then it ruins their illusion of that death isn't going to come, you know? So it's like a, almost like a glitch in the matrix or something, you know? The, the truth will go, is going to come out for a second and see what's actually, what's actually there for you. You know, there's no doubt about it. If there's one thing you can be sure of, is death. There's no, nothing else is certain. Whether you're going to find, you know, husband, that's not certain. Whether you're going to find, you know, you're going to be rich one day, that's not certain. What's certain is one thing, death. There's nothing more certain than that. So that if there's one thing we need to actually prepare for and consider, is that, right? Is this, this death. So, uh, the reason for the fear, largely, is to do with this idea that life begins here and ends here. It's a certain amount of time and then it's over. This is due this false identification of myself as a body. People consider that uh, the physical body is me. Therefore, the time the body was born is when, uh, the, when I began and the time when it finishes, called death, that's when it ends. And that's life, you know? So then people come up with the philosophy of, oh, let's just, it's, it's, it's dying, it's you know, it starts here and ends there. We've got a certain, we've got a short amount of time. Let's get the most out of it as possible. Let's try to, um, you know, drink as much beer as possible, fuck as much as possible, do it, get as much sense enjoyment as possible, and because soon it's going to end. So let's just cram it in there, right? And you hear this all the time. Like every, every time someone, I, I heard this recently, a friend of mine, uh, he 
knew someone who died and so this friend of mine was saying just goes to show you gotta just enjoy it while you can right that's the philosophy so this philosophy is rooted in the idea that I am material I am the I am a body this idea that I am a body is um, refuted by uh, the yoga scriptures actually all the scriptures of the world that's that say that actually we are eternal we're not temporary we existed before the body existed and will continue to exist after the the life particle the the living being you and me are not these physical bodies we're the spark of life within the body the body is just like a suit of clothes that you have it's not who you are but uh, we're under the illusion that I am this physical thing. You know, people are in such, like, confusion about uh, who they are. It's very sad. And because of this, there's so much fear and so much confusion and so much sadness. Uh, but this is the first thing, when a person comes to, uh, to yoga, to understand yoga philosophy, the first thing to understand is, I'm not this. That's not who I am. And in many classes, we speak quite in depth about this from different angles. Um, you know, there's a, a meditation you could do that is helpful in, in coming to understand this. It's is called Neti Neti. It's a very ancient yoga uh, meditation. Neti neti, neti means not this, so neti neti is like not this, not this. So the way the yoga practitioner does it is he meditates on each part of his body and he thinks, am I that? So he's, he goes to his foot or his toe and he thinks, am I the big toe? In other words, if the big toe wasn't there, would I still exist? You know, if the, say if you chopped off the big toe, would you be where the toe is? looking at the body or will you be at the body and looking at the toe right so if you you can do this with every part of your body you go through your you know you the, the, the neti neti is not this not this so you go through every part of your body and you you think am i that am i the shin am i the hairs on the legs am i the skin am i all these different parts am i the bones am i the liver am i the um ribs Am I the heart? Am I the brain? Am I the eyes? You know, nowadays you have like so many um, transplants. You guys ever like, there's this diagram I've seen once. It was like the, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, hy hypothetical person. Where it's like, you know, you can get all these transplants. You get like a new knee. You get a prosthetic leg. You can get glass. I or you can get you know you can get transplants from other people like you can get somebody else's heart somebody else's liver and so on right you can get all these different parts from other people just like you can exchange car parts you can exchange human parts right so uh, I saw this diagram of like a hypothetical person and this person had in it his body was made up of uh, like everything that can be transplanted or you know, fake parts, right? Like fake arms and stuff. And uh, it's pretty amazing, like all the parts that can be, you know, transplanted. Even on monkeys, believe it or not, you can YouTube this if you want, but they've done head transplants on monkeys. 
they have, they've done it, you know. You can transplant pretty much any part of your body. So, um, anyway, we go into, a lot, a lot of times we go into quite a lot of depth on this, but I don't want to stick on this subject too long, but the, this, this, um, um, this body, this, this stuff, this hair and this guts and this blood and, you know, the, the skin and all that junk, that's not who I am. I'm not that stuff, you know? I'm something other than that. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, people have a, it's just like, you know, sometimes you have like somebody dies in, in like, say they're Australian, right? And they're fighting, or they died in um, like Europe, say, right? And then, uh, so the family is like, oh, we're gonna go and, and bring him back, you know? gonna give him a burial in Australia we're gonna get him they talk like that we're gonna bring him back right they, they think that the person is still there what they, they go and get they go fly over spend all this money and get um, the bones and the hair and the blood and whatever's left and the and the guts and all that shit and they bring it back to to Australia and they're, they're thinking they got him they got they got the they got the guy, right? That's what they're thinking. Well, why didn't they get the the shit that he took that morning? Why didn't? Because that was making up the body too, right? Why didn't they go go like in the toilet, get that, and the piss that was making up the body? You know, an hour before he died. Why didn't they get that stuff? It's the same logic. It, that was the stuff that was making up the body. And he shit it in the toilet, right? And just, it so happened that currently, at that time when he left his body, that was the stuff that was there. But that stuff wasn't even there a month before. You know you get a new suit of skin every month? You know that? Every month you get a new suit of skin because it exfoliates, you know, you, you lose the dead skin cells and it comes back. Oh, that's okay. You're in the middle of an interesting talk, so... Yeah? You have to just kind of not get freaked out because you didn't really get the introduction. <laughs> um, uh, so you get this, you get these like, um, like for example, you eat an apple off a tree, right? And the apple used to make up the tree, but then those molecules break down and those molecules go to make up this body, right? And then, so the, the same molecules that we're making up the apple are now making up the body. Yeah? So, this is always going on, this constant flux. You're excreting stuff, and then you're taking in stuff. And this is called metabolism. So it's always coming and going. So the stuff, so if you're looking at your body, they've actually scientifically proven that every single atom that you have in your body now was not there five years ago. There's not one single atom right now that was in your body five years ago. So then, if you're thinking, I am a body, right? That's who I am. You've got a serious problem. It's called a philosophical quagmire, right? If you're thinking, I am that body, but it's scientifically a fact that not a single atom was there five years ago that is there now, but you existed five years ago. You can remember you existed five years ago. You existed ten years ago. 15 years ago. We can all remember, right? Things we did 15 years ago, 10 years ago, right? Those of us who haven't smoked 
that many drugs. <laughs> so we can remember, you know, the events that happened. I can let's think back right now. You can just think back something that happened uh, 15 years ago. Think about how old I was 15 years ago, and think about how you're feeling at that time. What your body looked like at that time. It was completely different than it is now. That body. It's not the same body, but you are still there at that time, right? So you cannot claim to be that, that lump of matter. And as you know, that lump of matter is gone. You flushed it down the toilet, you cut it off your head when it grew out his hair. All these different ways your body excretes the dead, the dead cells, right? So, um, that shit is not who you are. You are not that matter, this, this stuff, you know? You are the actual uh, eternal spark of life within the body. You are not material, you are a different energy called, the Sanskrit word is Brahman, or spirit, spiritual in essence, not material. There's a mantra, Aham Brahmasmi, it means I am spirit, not matter. So this is essential to comprehend if we're going to understand how to conquer the fear of death. This is step one, is to understand. Even if you philosophically understand right now, a lot of your fear can be relieved to a certain extent. Just the understanding, philosophical understanding that I am not matter. That I don't end when the body ends. You see? Even in this life, we've already had many bodies. The body that you had when you were three years old has ended. Just like the clothes that you had on when you were three years old, they're gone, right? That body that you had on when you were three years old is completely gone. Right now you're in a completely different body than you were when you were three years old. So you can see, when you were three years old, you were conscious, right? Or when you were four years old, you were conscious. You know, you may not remember, a lot of us don't remember when we were three years old. But your mother tell you, you were conscious. You're crying, and you're, you know, saying no all the time, right? Your mother will tell you, you're totally aware, right? Or when you're four years old or five years old, you remember things from then, right? Does anybody not? So, um, so, you're a conscious being then, right? You're aware of stuff. And right now, you're aware of stuff. You're aware of me talking right now. So, you're always aware. Even when you're sleeping, you may not remember, but you're in some place in your dreams. You're thinking about stuff and you're experiencing certain things. You know? The memory has nothing to do with whether or not it happened or not. You know? So, uh, this, so, this is what you can know about yourself right now, is that you're conscious, you're aware, you're a person. Right? So this doesn't end. This never ends. This consciousness, this this is an inherent um, characteristic of the soul, is they're conscious, meaning they're aware. You know, that the consciousness or the awareness can be covered, yes, but still there's always this spark of consciousness there. So this, this philosophical understanding, at least philosophical understanding, will relieve you and the people that you know who are experiencing, especially people, you know, they, they People on their deathbed, you know, people try to put the illusion off. They try to not think about it for their whole life. They try to think, I'm not going to die. 
and then they don't want to think about it, they ignore it. You know, when somebody talks about it, they tell them to shut up. Uh, but um, when it comes to the end, you can't positive think your way out of it. It's gonna, it's gonna happen, and you know it's coming. And that's when people get very frightened, very scared. So if you even tell a person this, these things that I, I told you, it will relieve them a lot of their suffering. But there is another problem, though. Not just the knowledge that I am eternal is not, is not. That's good to know that, and it, it is very helpful. But because we, when we're living in this world where um, our whole attachment is on the things of this world, our whole life, our whole everything is connected to this body. Everyone we love, uh, all the things we like to do, all the food we like to eat, it's all connected to this body. You need your body to uh, hook up to those things. So, this uh, attachment to the names and forms of this world uh, makes it so you don't want to leave. Makes it so you cling on to your body uh, because all you know, the whole world you know is connected to this body. Your family, your loved ones, all the things you like to do and eat and everything is all connected to your body, all the sensual pleasures that you enjoy. So, um, therefore people don't want, and they, there's, that's the whole, that's all that they know is this world, this external world. That's all that they know. So they're very fearful of dying, of leaving their body, actually. We should never say the word dying, because we can use it as a, as a way of communicating some things, but it doesn't actually, it's not actually true, because you don't actually die. Just like you're conscious of me right now, that will never end, it will never stop. You'll just be conscious in some other world, or maybe in this world, but not in that body. So, um, the, the process of uh, bhakti yoga that I practice and teach is a process that um, lets you access another world, this inner world. And uh, actually the spiritual world. This is the material world. We're not matter, we're spiritual sparks, but we're encased in the material body and we identify ourselves as matter. And then we try to find satisfaction, happiness, love in the material world. So the yogi, he, uh, even though he appears to live in this world, actually his real life is his inner world. And this inner world is the natural um, home of the soul. It is the uh, relationship of the soul with the Supreme Soul, with God. This is yoga. So yoga is meant uh, to be this experience of the soul experiencing union with God. This word yoga means union. 
the union of the soul with the Supreme Soul. So as this happens, gradually, uh, in this process of mantra meditation, uh, the process to attain this type of realization is through, is through practicing these mantras, which are transcendental spiritual sounds. The, the name of uh, God and God are not different. So if you meditate on God's name, actually God is there. You may not see it in the beginning, but actually it's His energy. And He states that He, in the Vedas, the scriptures of the yogis, He states that He actually incarnates as the sound of His name. So the people can, um, if they want to connect with God, they can by hearing and chanting His name. So this is what this, the mantra meditation, it brings about this relationship of the soul with the Supreme Soul. And as this relationship uh, increases, then what happens is uh, the, you derive more and more happiness and more and more uh, joy in your heart from this relationship. And uh, because of this happiness and joy that you derive, uh, you become more and more attached to that world. And as that happens, you lose the attachment for this world. You see? Uh, because it's better. <laughs> it's more pleasurable. It's fulfilling. It's full of love. And it's the natural home of the soul. And the, as the soul experiences happiness more and more, then they, they actually live in that world more and more. They experience, oh, th this is my real life. And it's eternal. Full of e sat-chit-ananda means, means eternality, knowledge, and blissfulness. This is the real world. And uh, this, as, as a person through meditation, more and more gradually live in this, that world, they, um, they lose their false identity that I am a body. I am this made of matter. And uh, when the time to leave this material uh, crap, when, it, when you leave that, then it's no big deal. It's just like taking off uh, a suit of clothes. And it actually is taking off a suit of clothes. Do you get, does anybody here get upset when they have to take off the clothes that they're wearing for the day? No? Why? Why not? Because you're not the clothes, right? You know you're not the clothes. It's not a big deal. You just take it off and then put on some new clothes. Right? It's no big deal. So, Death, uh, to the yogi, is no big deal. It's no big deal taking, it's like a non-event. Is it a big event when you take off your clothes? It's not a big event. It's no big deal. So death to the yogi is no big event. It's just taking off the, the suit of clothes. Because they, they have this, uh, they live in the real world, the transcendental spiritual world. And they know themselves to be spirit, not matter. Uh, they, they continue that. It doesn't end. The body has nothing to do with it. 
So this is the secret, this is the key to conquering the fear of death, is to experience this. And then once, once you experience this, once you know this, death is nothing, it's not a big deal. People are so fanatical in this world about holding on to their body. They got cancer, they can't even like, you know, talk anymore, they're, they, they're, you know, and they just try to hold on to the very last minute because they're so attached and they just don't know what else is there. So, this is why we should spend at least some of the time of our day uh, working on something that we can keep. Right? We work on all these goals in this world to try to um, become famous or become wealthy or uh, find a husband, find a wife. But all those things only last for a few years, and that's it, you know. And then you're left because you're you're chasing after false goals. You're left at the end of the at the end of life. At the end of this life, you uh, start to you, you experience great fearfulness and sadness, and this is unfortunate. So this is what the yogis try to save us from. This is what Jesus tries to save us from. This is the, the goal of life, is to develop this loving relationship with God. If you don't do this, then you're going to be left in a fearful condition at the time of death. So, that is how you conquer the fear of death. Okay? It's not a, it's not a um, light, su- it's not a light subject, but it's, I don't like light subjects. It's important, you know. This is like the what you heard tonight is the, probably the most important thing you'll ever hear. You'll never learn it in school. So if you guys would like to learn more, uh, you can uh, definitely, um, you know, get in contact with me, and, and uh, I'd like to you know, help as many people as possible before I leave. Uh, you know, come to learn this meditation and how to practice it. You don't, it's not very difficult at all in mantra meditation. You don't have to be like some great, um, you know, cave liver, you know, person who lives in a cave or some person who can twist themselves into a pretzel. <laughs> you don't need to do that. It's simply taking, it's, it's all you need to do is uh, take seriously the practice of hearing and repeating these transcendental mantras and gradually it'll purify your heart more and more and you'll actually be able to see things as they are and experience real happiness real satisfaction everyone in this world they're like running around trying to find happiness and they don't know where to, to look nobody knows it's almost like it doesn't exist it doesn't exist in the material world, actually. If you identify yourself as a material body, and uh, you try to get happiness in that realm through matter, you'll always be unsatisfied. You can see all the wealthy, rich, famous people, they're all unsatisfied. Actually, many of them are committing suicide. All the time, you, see, you hear about the people that we all idolize committing suicide. Right? Because those material things, they don't satisfy the soul. The soul, in order to be happy, needs spiritual happiness. Because you are spiritual. 
like spiritual food for the spiritual person. So this, this spiritual food is this connection with God. There's no other way to uh, experience this happiness to this, this degree, that it's enough to satisfy you, the person. There's one mantra on your sheet, Madana Mohana Murari Haribo. You see on the top, I think it is? Madana Mohana Murari Haribo. Try. Good enough. <laughs> so I'll tell you when it's your turn.
Thank you.